The Movie Hour, episode 121, February 17th, 2011. Spoiler alert, the following our programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today we have the Terry Hatcher Adam Smasher Movie Hour for all of you to enjoy. I am Greg Maloney, and in the studios with me today is my brother James. Welcome back. How's it going, everyone? I hope they're doing well. I'm doing well. Um, we're, of course, here to talk about movies, but before we do, you'll notice our co-host Jeff is strangely absent. Uh, there was a small message scribbled next to his usual seat for the show, uh, but none of our interns, including myself, couldn't read it. So let's hope he just hasn't run off somewhere. It's probably with Chuck Sheen, but you know, let's hope hope for the best. Fingers crossed he'll come back to us maybe uh, as soon as Chuck Sheen goes back to like that Two and a Half Men show or whatever. But Has, uh, has he hit Ferris Bueller status yet? Has he been absent nine times? Hmm. I don't think so. And is he at a ball game right now? <laughs> It's a possibility. I don't know much heck, about baseball, you know, but I don't think it's in season. Speaking right of now. Chuck Sheen, maybe that's where he is, hanging out with Chuck. It's possible. Police station. It's, <laughs> are you here for drugs? Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. But before we get on with the more important, or uh, the less important stuff, I should say, uh, a sincere happy birthday shout out to Jim P. Uh, we mentioned last week actually that he's been here to co-host the show multiple times and good friend. Hope he's having a happy birthday. I'm sure he's out today. Enjoying it with his family, having a good time. So Happy birthday, maybe, P. Yeah, maybe he can uh, catch this podcast later and enjoy this as just as much, or maybe close to, maybe close to it. Uh, but yeah, so it's gonna be a brother episode today. It's gonna be, hopefully, we can you know break down, have an intelligent conversation that we usually cannot have with Jeff in the room. I've got my Earl Grey tea out, ready to uh, talk a little, talk a little brain. With my brother, with my brother James, and uh, the first thing we're going to go with is the High Hunters Highwood Hoopla, more of uh, sort of the discussions of the week uh, in movies, and we're actually going to take sort of a billboard view on this and look at some of the movies coming up. There wasn't much going on in the movie news world that felt yeah seriously felt reporting on do something yeah no shit and the movies coming out on their way I guess aren't exactly anything to shout out about but some are noteworthy, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The first one I wanted to mention was The Adjustment Bureau. This is a, a movie that comes out March 14th, so you actually have a couple weeks to, to look it up, you know, go to Wikipedia, read about it, see if it's actually up your alley. It's, um, it's a movie based on a short story by Phil K. Dick, who, even though his movies haven't always turned out the best, uh, the basic plot and themes behind him i've always i've always been a fan of um the total recall movie which is now being remade you've got tons you have a uh, scanner darkly screamers blade runner who the, that's probably the most famous one of all of them um and now paycheck. Pay- <laughs> with ben and, Affleck. Pay- and paycheck obviously have you seen that movie i have not no <laughs> right I've so seen scanner darkly i've seen blade runner total recall uh, Anyhow, would it. you would you agree with me that Philip K. Dick's at least the stories and the movies presented based on those stories yeah, pretty, have some intriguing. merit? Yeah, like Total Recall obviously was you know a shoot 'em up show, but the idea is interesting. The idea is very interesting. Anyhow, uh, movie comes out March fourth. Matt Damon and Emily Blunt star in it, and you get the idea from the trailer and some of the the plot that I've been reading up on, etc. That it's a story where two people end up meeting meeting together and it's sort of a question of the destiny of Matt Damon's person 
and him meeting up with this girl and how they weren't meant to be together and him trying to change the plan or the overall like I don't know path you're supposed to take and the adjustment bureau is supposed to be this omnipotent organization I'm going to say organization but obviously represents you know it's a metaphor for something else that uh tries to put them back in their place and yeah, it the, the classic fate versus choice type of scenario right and it did like the uh, the trailer looked very interesting and Matt Damon's not exactly my least favorite actor so it, it caught my attention and just the fact that Philip K Dick's sort is the source material makes this puts it on my radar yeah i'd have to agree i mean i'm I'm pretty luke, lukewarm on matt damon as well and even emily blunt for that matter but uh yeah just the whole idea of it is pretty intriguing and i think that'll probably be enough to at least give you know have me give this a try and plus was, john slattery's in it he's from mad men he's like the silver-haired guy you see every once in a while uh, yeah, he's one of the, he looks like he's one of the guys of yeah, the Adjustment Bureau. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I should mention the director slash writer. I was looking him up. Uh, George Nolfi. He wrote the the screenplay for the movie from Philip K. Dick's short story. Also wrote The Born Ultimatum and The Sentinel, which aren't exactly. Oh yeah, and Ocean's Twelve. So every Matt Damon vehicle right, available. Right. So <laughs> that's not exactly The Sentinel. Was that Matt Damon? Um, I don't wasn't think that, that was wasn't that, that a Michael Douglas? Yeah, that's that what that right. movie was. Yeah. yeah, yep, it was. Um, yeah, so that's not exactly a very big star or anything to hang your hat on, right there. But uh, should be interesting. Curious if it's also on your radar. If you guys want to bring it up on the, the episode uh, comments on Gunga Pit, feel free. But we'll we'll make a note of it there. Uh, that was the first one. Was there anything that you that caught your mind or uh, your attention uh, that's on its way, James? Uh, probably the one that. You know, intrigues me the most coming up is uh, that Sucker Punch movie that uh, Zack Snyder's doing. Uh, it's coming out March 25th, I believe. And the whole the story of it and all is just, it's made for Zack Snyder. He is Mr. Visual, you know, just orgasm type person. And here you have this girl who goes into a dream world, basically, to do battle with beasts and any sort of weaponry she can think of type of thing. And I think it's just a match made in heaven for him. And, you know, I like the stylized violence of 300 and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I think I'm going to be a sucker for this movie. For, no uh, so, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> boom, nice one, Jim. So, Come on, we're trying to keep it intellectual here today. Sorry, Jim. sorry. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with uh, your boy John Hamm being in it. You just you just like it. Oh yeah, that's true. Another, Another Mad, Mad Man. Man. Uh, no, actually, I forgot he was in it until you just <laughs> mentioned it. Um, there's a, a young lady named Abby Cornish. Ah, sorry, Abby Cornish. That's uh, intrigued me ever since I saw her on. I think Kimmel. It was. She's a, a young girl who's been kind of working in a couple things, including a lot of uh, English films, you know, period pieces. And the part that I found intriguing was that. Uh, during the show, she actually showed some of her tag artwork, you know, you know, vandalizing stuff. But it's she was actually pretty good for doing it on the spot and stuff. So it's kind of interesting that she, you know, is in the modeling acting career, does frumpy, you know, English films, and yet has seen urban life enough to, you know, be able to tag a building. So it's kind of interesting. She's talented on and off screen. That's yeah. fantastic. And an artist in many ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, the movie... <laughs> I must admit, the the funny thing about the movie is it's just it looks like it's just made for every fifteen year old boy out there that wants to go see a film, which is sort of funny. Is it rated R? Is there a rating on it? Do we know? Because that it's just hilarious that it's just it stars 
eight girls, seven girls, pretty much. And, you know, there are guy characters in it all who I'm probably, I'm sure play somebody evil. But, um, and like the base story is the main character gets institutionalized by her stepfather, who's supposed to be a dick. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm curious what the, what the themes are of the, of the movie for sure. And uh, another movie that's actually going to be making it on IMAX, by the way, too, which I'm sure it's made for it, but. Uh, I guess we'll find out. I uh, yeah, I, I saw as the long movie. as it's not in 3D. Um, 3D's got to go away. <laughs> Speaking of 3D, I should mention one of the these are one of the things that didn't have enough merit to bring up on the the Hunter Side with Hoopla on its own. There are going to be Autobot 3D helmets that will be available for like children to wear for the Transformers 2 movie. So you can put a helmet on actual view that has, yeah, that has a visor thing on it that has the 3d real 3d look. So you can wear them during the movie. So in case, um, in case you have a 10 year old that you want to dress up and make fun of, that's, that's your out right there. So it's going to, yeah, 3d movies. Fantastic. Out of control. (laughs) It's, it's awesome. It's completely awesome. I, uh, yeah. Sucker punch. This will be a brainless movie to go see, I think. But I, I, I agree, but I think it will just be good fun, and that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. And Zack Snyder. You know, Zack Snyder's got a chance. Yeah. Is he? And he's doing the next Superman movie? Is that? I'm pretty sure. Uh, that sounds correct, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, moving on. Next one. The one I want to bring up, uh, Paul, which I actually had high expectations for before I started looking more and more into it. This is the, the next Simon Pegg, Nick Frost uh, combo movie. Uh, both been writing and acting together for... For quite a while now, um, the the plot's supposed to be that they they play two like comic book geeks that travel to the U.S. to go like to Area 51, pretty much to just go see all the air the alien paraphernalia, and they don't actually expect to find an alien, but then they find an alien, and alien voice played by Seth Rogen. Um, this movie has all kinds of cameos in it and the trailer, the trailer doesn't look that bad, but it just almost looks like they brought all the biggest, you know, biggest hip names together to make a movie. And I don't know. It it looks like every other line is another joke to another punchline. And I, I, I just don't think it's going to work. I think the biggest problem they're going to have is that they actually are traveling with an alien buddy, and I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> you don't like that? You don't like the idea that the alien's one of the main characters? Yeah, that's not a good idea. That's I don't know. It's like inviting Jar Jar Banks on a road trip. It's yeah, disaster waiting to happen. What people can't relate to an alien? What's your problem? Uh, they're, everyone's just going to look at it cartoonishly, and uh, they need to do that with the two main people, not with. An inanimate object art thing. So right. I don't know. I just think it's a horrible idea. Is that this this uh, list this list of actors? Like I know Jeff would freak out. Jeffrey Tambor and Jason Bateman, um, Sigourney Weaver, Jane Lynch, uh, Bill Hader, and then of course you have Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Seth Rogen. It's there's uh, a myriad of people in this, and it, it's gonna yeah I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, and it's gonna be one of those. It's a road trip, so it's everybody gets their. 10 minutes of fame and there's in the small storyline so yeah it's gonna be just too cram packed it sounds like just okay quick let's force this guy in for three seconds yeah oh wait sigourney was an aliens movie let's put her in there real quick yeah stuff like that so i, I don't have high hopes for that one and i should point out that, like the reason the reason i was looking forward to this because i'll 
I what's the word? I sincerely like and appreciate Simon Pegg's writing and 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 movie other movies and they've I been celebrate their entire right. Project. I celebrate his entire catalog and now this I'm I thought yeah. I thought it was going to be awesome, but the more and more I look into it, I'm worried. And uh, yeah, it, this one it's coming out March 18th, so I've got some time to change change my mind. But yeah, like I don't mind an alien being in the movie, like in the background or being an opponent of some sort, but to actually be traveling with them in a RV or whatever the hell they're doing, it's, <laughs> it's just has disaster on it, and that's not going to be pretty. Um, well, that was pretty much the only other things I had on my my radar. Did you have any other movies? You know, I was intrigued on your thoughts on Hall Pass, which is coming out. A couple of weeks now, or maybe just one week, the right. 25th. Um, I'm on the fence about it. It's got Owen Wilson and Jason, and I'm going to screw up the pronunciation of this, Sedekis, Sedekis, I forget how you pronounce it, but uh, basically two long-married gentlemen and their wives give them like a week off of marriage to do whatever you they want without repercussions. And so it's kind of a fish-out-of-water dating story. Like, they go hit the clubs and stuff. And a couple of the one-liners are pretty funny, like, when they're trying to pick up chicks. But I, I can't decide if this is going to be any good. What were you thinking on this one? It looked bad, man. Um, it's a Farley Brothers movie, which they've done funny things. But I should mention that uh, Jason Sudeikis also, he recently did a, a sh- an appearance on Always Sunny. Do you Did you see the episode where the, the gang gets a new member? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he's in that, and I just found him irritating as all hell in that, in that episode so i i'm not he was really... supposed to be i think though yeah probably like probably I, I don't know um everything else that he's been in i actually haven't even really caught he's been in a lot of 30 rock I haven't i never watched 30 rock ever um and owen wilson i've been historically i've been a fan of uh he's done some really yeah i only like owen wilson when he's doing stuff with Wes Anderson. I don't like his non-Wes Anderson stuff. Well, you don't you don't like Shanghai Noon? No. Oh, I do. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't know the the plot's obviously just a vehicle to set them out again, setting some people out on the road, fish out of fish out of water, like you said, and put as many jokes as possible. And um, yeah, could be could be funny. Richard Jenkins is in it. You got that. So, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got a really bad feeling on this one as well. I'm definitely not going to go see it. Maybe I'll just see it just for the review alone, but um, I don't have high expectations for this one. Out of the ones we've mentioned, this is probably the least important one in my mind. Yeah, it's like you've seen the trailer for it? Yeah. Did you enjoy any of the, the trailer or no? Like in terms of like jokes? the jokes or anything? Yeah, like the, when he's going up to the girls, like, hi, does this smell like chloroform? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm so-and-so. <laughs> he's just using it for, you know, ice right, purposes. Right, right. Yeah, it's no. And it's that's, that stuff was funny, but I I'm just worried it's going to be one of those. Okay, you just showed me everything that's funny in the movie, and there's nothing left to show. Type right, of which trailer. sort of which sort of brings us to the Parker Posey play along from last week of the asking like movie trailers that it convinced you to go see it, and right. pretty much yeah. everybody talked about movies, um, all the Green Hornet for one, Pearl Harbor, like movies that just the trailers let them down, yeah, even yeah. though they went and saw the movie. Um, there were a couple other ones on the other side of that, but yeah, like uh, Rubber coming out april 1st it's gonna be awesome from what i read is that even gonna like it sounded like it's gonna be an online release did you get that feeling um i did not get that feeling but i've only <laughs> seen it on tv and i saw it on the list on uh, movieweb.com right as a as a release so what you saw you saw a tv plug for it uh yeah i, I record a show uh that right does, okay. 
just movie trailers and it's right there. Well, there wasn't an actual ad to go. Okay. All right. Like it didn't say like coming March 3rd or anything. Right. Um, but yeah, according to movie web, it's coming out on the 1st of April. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Just an omen in itself. Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's a, (laughs) it's a very, like, I don't know if this is an, I don't know. I don't think it's an actual movie. We'll see. Uh, yeah, let's, let's move on from the hunters. I would hoopla before I embarrass myself anymore, uh, to the movie reviews, the movie reviews. And, um, I do know what you've seen and I know what I've seen and I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to prepare my thoughts and, uh, you, you deliver first. Very good. All right. Um, I saw a movie called the great Buck Howard, uh, from 2008. Um, it's, uh, it's this boy named Troy who uh, is in law school, is kind of unhappy, ends up leaving law school kind of without telling his dad who's always wanted him to go to law school and just doesn't know what to do with his life and starts answering ads and papers and answers this one ad for a personal assistant to uh, Buck Howard, who is this entertainer who um, primarily or prim- primarily deals with <laughs> mentalism, and, you know, reading minds, hypnotism, that type of stuff. Um, the guy is past his prime he's this eccentric character type very self-important thinks he's you know the greatest illusionist ever you know and he's almost a caricature and malkovich plays him and does a pretty good job but uh he has like even when he goes and does this handshake with everybody it's like him hanging out to the end of a rope and shaking it it's like everything he does is just accentuated and like everyone like you know, they don't play it off like it's normal. People, like, react to it like, whoa, big handshake. But just everything this guy does is very grand, and, you know, he just he just thinks he's big time still. And here he is doing, like, little nightclub performances and stuff like that. Um, the reason why he thinks he's big deal is he used to appear on Carson, and he's trying to get back into prominence. It's, you know, kind of a present-day thing, and there are some real-life uh, um you know, things mentioned like Carson and he's not a big fan of Leno cause Leno hasn't had him on that sort of thing. Um, going into this movie, I kind of expected it to be about Troy, um, kind of finding himself with be, you know, with Buck Howard being part of that journey, maybe learning something from Buck. Right. But, but really it ends up being a story about just his time on the road with Buck Howard doing it and being his kind of road manager, setting up dates and, you know, managing, you know, the stage performances and that sort of th- stuff. Um, like I said, Malkovich plays uh, Buck Howard, and uh, Colin Hanks plays uh, Troy. But Malkovich, he was a bit over the top, but I think it's forgivable because he plays, you know, kind of a, a showman type character. Um, one interesting thing about the end is uh, they make a note at the end saying that this was inspired by the amazing Kreskin, who is actually a guy who used to appear on uh, Carson all the time. And they even like a lot of the, the stats that the guy throws around is stats of the stats. Like, yeah. Like I appeared on Carson 61 times. If you look up Kreskin and Wikipedia or whatever, it says he showed up 61 times. At Carson. Oh, God. So they use, you know, it's definitely in a, a character inspired by a real person, which I didn't know going in, which I found kind of interesting, but uh, overall it's, it's a pretty, pretty entertaining film. It's, it's very small, very quiet. I kind of expected it to be more slapsticky humor, you know, because all the commercials that I saw for it was, Malkovich just kind of going crazy. So I expected that to be the, the entire tone for the movie, but it's really just him and everyone going, wow, you know, he's kind of out of touch and kind of in his own little world. He's the only one that doesn't realize he's, you know, kind of washed up. So. Now you're, you're sold on Colin Hanks, right? You like him? 
Mm, actually, not particularly. He's okay, I guess. Okay. Now, I, I've noticed Tom Hanks is in this. Does Tom Hanks play Colin Hanks' dad? He does, actually. He does. Is there any, like, meta jokes in there about, like, oh, we're the Hankses, we're cool, no, or anything no. like he that? Sh- okay. He shows up, like, without speaking in a couple of montage, like, I'm going to school, I'm raising my kid things in the beginning. And then he shows up, like, twice later, like what are you doing here with this guy? And right. Why aren't you in law school type of thing? And that's it. Like he's hardly in it. Right. He maybe has like five sentences of dialogue. And going back to the Malkovich performance, um, you've seen a lot of Malkovich. Like, do you, what's your favorite Malkovich role? Like, do you like, he obviously plays the slapstick guy and pretty much a lot of shit. Uh, is this one of his better performances or no? And if not, see, I'm not, I'm not a huge Malkovich fan, to tell you the truth, because of all of his over-the-top performances. Okay. Um, this one, it kind of works. Um, I really did like him in uh, Burn After Reading. That was a really good performance. <laughs> he was perfect for that. Yeah. Um, he's actually good in this because I think the character is supposed to be like that. So off the top of my head, I'm sticking with Burn, for, Burn After Reading, I think. I still um, need I still need to see uh, Jonah Hex. Apparently, it's <laughs> apparently it's just top notch. <laughs> yeah, see now there. I I think that he's he if he is over the top like normal in that, I think it'd be off putting. Like I don't think you want that to be an over the top performance. I don't know. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe kind of. And of course, you have the the being John Malkovich role, which I liked but wasn't in love with. But uh, right. So. Uh, I'm sorry. You rec- you recommend this movie as a as a Malcolmish fan? Yeah, if you're just looking for a small, entertaining film, yeah, this this is a, a decent film. It just wasn't what I expected, but it was still it was fun. Maybe that's what the great Buck Howard had planned for you, Jim. It's a little more than what's what's expected. You know, it, it is kind of cool because, uh, like, he spends the entire movie trying to hit it big again, and. When he finally gets his chance, he blows it on purpose because he realizes that's not what he wants. He just wants to be a you know big fish in a little pond type of thing, as opposed to hitting a big and going with all the other you know Hollywood types. Hmm. So I maybe this film is trying to be you know just a nice little fun film, not anything you know major. Well, it sounds like a fantastic movie, and I had actually had thought about it, it sort of fallen into the into the back of my mind, but I still want to see that movie. Maybe on your uh, on your review, I'm gonna have to go pick it up. Do you still have it? No. Yes. No. Uh, I do, and it's sealed and ready to go out the door unless you tell me otherwise. Ooh, interesting. All right, we're gonna think of, we're gonna have to talk about that off the show. We don't want to deal with that with you know with people listening. We'll have to talk talk later. So my movie, I finally have a movie review, and. Uh, unapologetically mentioned that it's from 1992 but it's a fantastic movie and i'm happy i saw it and i'm happy to talk to you guys about it um the movie is that another mizaki movie it is miyazaki i think jeff's not here yeah he would just be vomiting in his head did you tell him that you're reviewing this one maybe that's why he's not showing it's a possibility i he's think he knows fit. i think he knows maybe that's what he wrote on the desk I, i'm not sure <laughs> oh it does say <laughs> i'm done with you uh, the movie being uh, Porco Rosso, uh, released in Japan, 1992, as I mentioned. And it's, uh, let's see, I think it's like Hayao Miyazaki's third or fourth full feature film that he directed slash wrote. Um, you're sort of put in the world of early 1930s where, yeah, at least in this early 1930s, everybody who's anybody has a plane like their own little biplane flying around Italy. And there's uh, a world of like Island gas stations and people flying around. It's almost a, 
it reminds me of a cartoon I used to watch but that had Baloo and it. it was awesome. I forget what it's called. Anyhow, um, we get to follow around a local legend named Porco Rosso that has become like the number one, uh, I guess you could call him a bounty hunter, uh, a vigilante where he'll take contracts to go help cruise ships from being, you know, protect them from pirates or go, you know, rescue these people or whatever, but he'll get paid per job to take care of business, TCB. And it's revealed early on that uh, Rosso has actually been cursed to look like a humanoid pig, which is, you know, it's it's a, it's a sort of a common theme you'll see in a lot of the, the Miyazaki movies. And uh, his origins uh, aren't completely known to the public, just known to a, a few people. Uh, the movie, the movie itself, like, you know, it's got some really powerful themes in it. You've got the transformation look of okay he's a pig why is he a pig what has he done that makes him not human and you know sort of like the beauty and the beast ask of his transformations of learning how to deal with these things and if he can become human and what will help who will help him do it devices that um learn his mistakes his learn from his past mistakes and uh try to do things over i guess if you will that's not completely um um, completely holds true for this movie, but that's that's the general idea. You also get introduced to a uh, supposed to be a 17 year old girl named I think it was Fio, uh, an Italian um, kid genius mechanic kind of person, and she's the one that ends up running around with uh, Rosso for most of the most of the movie, and that's sort of he sort of gets to look through um, the world through her eyes a little bit, and that's who he learns from. Uh, there are a couple other uh, big characters in the in the movie. Uh, I should mention that probably the big uh, voice actors in it, you've got Carrie Always and Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton plays uh, Rosso, uh, which is really cool because Michael Keaton, you know, this might be his third or fourth best acting role now because Beetlejuice, obviously number one after that to toss up. But um, I want I, I should mention that he does do the voice acting in this um, out of the, the Miyazaki strata. I've missed just one movie, at least one that he has both written and directed. Um, which is my neighbor, my neighbor Tor- Totoro, and I will see that soon. So I will get the general like Miyazaki review later. This movie, uh, it was really cool. It actually made me sad after I was done watching it, just because it was one of those like, man, I wish I was back in that world, like where everyone. I feel like I should have a boat out in my driveway that I or a ship going through like Avatar, like right, impression. yeah, like the Avatar people, <laughs> exactly. I should have a seaplane out in my yard that I can just fly I should out. look like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of sad that it's over. And I'm actually, it's going to be sad when the Miyazaki reign is over, but it was a, it was a good movie out of the Miyazaki's. I'd put it in the top 50, 50% and I, I would catch it. This is actually, it's rumored that Miyazaki's going to do a sequel to this movie. Yeah. So, 2012. So we'll, list. we'll see if that happens, but, um, yeah, I was really happy I caught it. And a picture of him without his hat makes him look like a French movie director. So like a mustache. Are you talking about Rosso? I'm talking about the Porco guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally looks like a French person with his pig with his pig nose. He's got a pig nose, dark glasses, like a ascot. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a mustache. It's a cool movie. I, I recommend it. And you've caught you've caught a couple of his movies now, right? The Miyazaki. Uh, just the one, just the Spirited Away, and it's been a while. I want to watch it again. Right, right. Give me a job, please, please. Yeah, there's. Um, he does a very, in a lot of his movies, almost probably almost all of them. There's a lot of uh, teenage young children, like they're the heroes of the movie. This is one of the mm-hmm. few where you get an adult playing that person, and 
you can definitely tell the difference. It's it's got a different tone compared to the others, but uh, a very playful movie though too. Like it's if you've got if you've got kids, you're looking for a new movie, and they've seen every Disney movie a thousand times. This it's a good one. And uh, yeah, James, you don't have kids, but if you'd like to watch it, I think you would enjoy it. Cool. I see that uh, Jean Reno played Porco Rosso. Yeah, in the in the French professional version, in the in the French version. Oh, it's only in the French yeah, version. Yeah. Oh. Michael Keaton plays it in the English version. And I had read there was like a tidbit about how apparently Hayao Miyazaki prefers the French version. Uh, thanks, because of the voiceover. Thanks to John Reno. So something and, you know, something to think about. Maybe I should go with the French version next time. But maybe it's a whole different experience. <laughs> apparently it is. <laughs> you got to make sure you get the right version, just like uh, Blade Runner. And another funny thing to mention, the last place that it was released was in Italy in November 2010. I just wanted to mention that. That's the last... Uh, country it's been released to which i find funny because you Especially know since there's an italian character in there. right exactly they follow around italy and yeah it's it's interesting so right that's that's it for our movie reviews and uh it's almost it for our podcast but we do have the parker posey playing along it's an interesting one because jeff's not here and jeff was supposed to have the parker posey today so jeff has actually entrusted me with uh presenting his parker posey he's given it to me already um, and I have actually already read it, so here it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we get ahead of ourselves, let's uh, talk about my awesome question. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You're awesome. <laughs> I completely forgot. Um, yeah, the Parker Posey, play along, brought brought to you by Jim last week, a question we bring up every week. Jim had the last one, almost completely forgot. Uh, yeah, so your question last week was, what was the last movie pre- preview that actually convinced you that you wanted to see the movie? And it what was the there's a caveat to it that yeah that you weren't necessarily going to see it anyway okay. so like you know if you've seen the first two Lord of the Rings loved them and saw the preview for number three that doesn't really count because you already want to go see it anyway most likely after the second so, one I knew I didn't want to see the third one what are you talking about so well then it would have worked for you uh, right and like I mentioned before there was actually sort of difference there were a couple that. People were convinced and went and saw the movie and hated it, and people that were convinced and went and saw the movie and loved it. And, and it yeah, had... predominantly the, the hating version. Yeah, would be kind of funny. But uh, I, I do, I am proud of the fact that I posted the actual trailer for Rubber, and I have two people just in the forums already that want to go see it. So I'm pretty proud of my choice. Yeah, we'll we'll see how, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to be released. Right, but we want to see it. We'll see how that pans out. Um, a lot of good answers, and um, we're just just moving it right along. I appreciate everybody appreciate the answers. The question will be at uh, gungapit.com and also at uh facebook for you to answer appreciate it and uh yeah we got to get on jeff's question um jeff would be very upset if i didn't bring his so i'm the only one answering this on the fly this week huh yeah i he sort of just threw it at me i was sort of ready to say jeff wait a minute maybe if you just email it to me i can read it later and yeah anyhow maybe that's what he wrote and scribbled at the desk because i can't i can't <laughs> uh, i couldn't read it anyhow so i've got it here jeff's question and this is did he provide an answer as well? Yeah, he did. I Not with a very long description. But the question is, what movie do you like that you would consider as an outlier from your usual fare, if you will? And, like, take your usual, you know, safe zone of movies that you like. This is the area that I like movies in. And there's a movie way out nowhere that actually you did not expect you would like. That's very unlike all the other movies you like, but you like it. How many times can I say like? We'll see. Uh, and it's mm. 
So do you understand the question, Jim? Uh, that's a good description of what's going on here. Yes, yes, I, I think I do. Okay, all right. Uh, I wasn't sure if that that was clear. Jeff's answer, which I, I again maybe his scribbling described it a little farther. He said Butch casting the Sunnyest Kid. I know he's talked about it before, uh, an older movie, and he's I know he's a Paul Newman fan, but apparently he's not a, usually not a fan of westerns. And he said there was a lot of like terrible. I don't know if it's supposed to be like dry humor in it or something. I don't know what he was supposed to be describing. Like I've seen. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go visiting his intentions. I don't know what he meant exactly, but that was supposed to be his movie for being an outlier of movies he doesn't usually like. Westerns, I guess, being the the general idea of it. Um, I I wasn't sure what I was gonna was gonna do for this one. It's tough I'm trying to think of a movie that's unlike all the other movies you like. Um, what I ended up doing is I ended up simplifying it a little bit more. I really, and it's actually, this is a sort of a dodge of the question too, because I really disliked Sam Rockwell. I didn't like him in any movies whatsoever. Um, I think mainly because I was, I really hated Matchstick Men and he was in that. So that didn't help him at all. Um, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy he was in, didn't like that. I actually, <laughs> surprisingly, um, I, uh, I understand this. Did you, you saw the assassination of Jesse James too? Didn't you? What did you think about him in that? Um, he didn't have a huge role in that one, did he? He was like the guy was that ended up following around. Yeah, he well, he ended up following around uh, Jesse more than than Casey did. You know, Casey was like the other guy that. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, I mean, he was okay at it. Right. But um, Confessions of Dangerous Mind, uh, just. A lot of shit that just bugged me. Um, I'm trying to remember what that stupid. He was in a space movie, another other than Hitchhiker's Guide. I don't remember what it was. Anyhow, do you like him in uh, Moon? That's. I'm getting to it, Jim. Oh, is that I your just... movie? Yes, I win. I win. So I haven't seen Frost Nixon, <laughs> which apparently he's good in. Um, and you have, right? So like, what? Never. I have not. Oh, seen okay. Frost it was Jeff Nixon. then. So, two movies. I I, I just did not like Sam Rockwell and I ended up seeing the movie choke, which we were really pumped for. This was a movie we actually reviewed a long time ago on the show and it's a Chuck Palahniuk book and it uh, ended up coming to the screen limited release. He's the main guy. And unfortunately for him, he actually did do, he did a pretty good job, but unfortunately for him, it's just a disaster of a translation from the book to the screen and that ruined everything. So finally it comes along the movie moon and it's all Sam Rockwell. Um, it's a movie about a guy in a space center on the moon harvesting all on his own with a computer artificial intelligence played by Kevin Spacey, who's just the voice. And then he runs into a copy of himself, which, you know, uh, yeah, spoiler alert. So it's all him. And it's even a double of him, and I had no problem with it. I think he did a great job, and that's a Sam Rockwell movie I like. Now, the issue is that sort of won me over, so seeing Sam Rockwell now makes me feel a little better. And uh, so I I really like that Sam, Sam Rockwell movie, and I'm looking forward to other Sam Rockwell movies now. But in general, that is not something I am I am keen to, keen to like. And going back to playing somebody playing – Another character in a movie always bugs me as well, but in this scenario, it's, it's actually a clone of himself. So, right. but he's not playing his evil twin or anything in this, so <laughs> it's a little different. Anyhow, I, I really liked it. I'm not usually a fan of Sam Rockwell. 
he did great in choke. Sorry about the, the writing, but that's how it worked out. And yeah, that's my answer. And um, I had a really tough time thinking about a movie as a whole that's unlike any other movie I like. That was tough. And I don't know if you were able to do it, but. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, there's actually a TV show for me that fits this a lot better than a movie. <laughs> TV show. <laughs> yeah, the, the Walking Dead that just came out on AMC. It's total zombie TV show, and I hate horror, and never liked the horror genre, but I really like this TV show. But uh, as far as movies, man, um, I think the closest thing I can get to on the fly has got to be Black Swan. Um, the, the whole movie is this girl's life just spinning out of control, and it's it's always been hard for me to like, let alone relate to that kind of scenario where someone's just just losing their life basically just whether it be you know drinking themselves to death and you know leaving las vegas or just losing total control of the situation like black swan and ruining a good chance to you know make it huge in their profession right so it, it was tough for me um i i liked Aaron, aronofsky's stuff uh i liked uh the wrestler a lot and I hate Darren Aronofsky stuff because I hate Requiem for a Dream. And this is pretty much in the middle. This bridges it for me. I actually like, like, it's, I thought it was a really good movie without, like, actually, like, liking it. It was really weird. Mm. So it was a, a very strange perf- situation for me. Just, like, I wasn't really rooting for anybody in the movie or anything, but it's a really well put together movie, and I still enjoyed the movie as a whole. That's a, that's an interesting it's a weird situation. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. pick for sure. And I can I can relate with the Aronofsky stuff. Um, I still haven't seen the Wrestler, uh, but that that makes sense. Yeah. I like. I'm, I'm sure. That, you're coming you know, from. If I thought about it for a lot longer, I could come up with something better. But yeah, that's that's what I got right now. Hmm. I wanted to say you know like I don't know Sound of Music or something, but I already revealed that, that you know musicals are right. That's actually the first pleasure. thing I thought of. I'm like, all right, is there a musical that I really like? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't think Willy Wonka or Mary Poppins really counts. Like, I need to go more musical, and yeah. I can. And that's what I started as soon as you started talking about how much you didn't like Sam Rockwell. I'm like, well, what don't I like? And that's one. It's tough. Popped in my head, and I'm like, oh wait, I don't like any horror movies, just horror TV shows. Yeah, and there's, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies either, but I'm a huge fan of the, like the slasher that just turns hilarious because it's on, you know, it's tongue in cheek yeah, funny, like but that part. Right. So. Um, so question again, it's, it's a tough one to answer live. I'll, I'll, I'll like, it took me a long time just to think of an answer when I heard it from Jeff and that wasn't that long ago. But, uh, the question being, think of a movie. What's a movie that you like that is outside of your normal, paradigm if you will uh, an outlier from all the other movies you love these certain types of movies but there's this one movie of a genre or maybe an actor or even jim mentioned like even a director that you hate everything he does but you like this one um that is what i believe is the essence of uh jeff's question and that's what will be uh the question on the boards at parker Bozy, uh the parker Bozy play along you can find it gungapit.com facebook and as usual we'll uh bring up some of our favorite answers uh, next episode and uh, yeah, hopefully Jeff can uh, make it next time, and he can hear. I'm sure he'll be at the board, so you can you can yell at them him there and find his. Uh, he'll uh, read your answers there. So uh, nothing to worry about, people. Everything's cool. Nothing to see here. Uh, James 
another like I don't know how many brother brother episodes we've done here. I think three, maybe, um, maybe it's, two. Yeah. But it's always a pleasure. It's it's fun, you know, getting getting the air clear a little bit, getting you know the smell out of the, the studio, and getting down to business. You know, we're efficient this way. <laughs> just just barely, just barely. Uh, <laughs> take care, everybody. James, thank you for your input. Um, I guess I'll give you one second to do your, do your sign out. Uh, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe. <laughs> See you all later. The Terry Hatcher, Adam Smasher Movie Hour. Bye.